You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 100. Woo! You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 100. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, love. Happy 100th episode. Happy 100th episode. I can't believe it's 100 episodes. That's like almost two years. It is. I know. It's nuts. I, oh man, I'm just so, I'm so incredibly grateful. Me too. It's amazing. We have incredible listeners Mm -hmm. who submit fabulous topics to us. I know. And the, I feel like I know them. I know. And they feel like they know you. It's so yeah, great because they, they'll send, you know, when people, you know, uh, give us topic submissions and stuff, they'll be like, hey, you guys. Hey, Mr. Hey, Amy and Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. Or, I love it. you know, on Instagram, people hit me up and like, oh, my gosh. Hey, guys. Like they, you know, they feel like they know the two of us. And it's, yeah. it's really rewarding for us to hear from you guys. So, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. So we have an awesome topic for you, and I I have some exciting news to celebrate the 100th episode. So um, our content for today, we're going to talk all about grief. And before you get like, wah, wah, it's really, I think, going to be quite insightful in the area of really feeling your feelings and processing things. Instead, I don't want everybody to be like, well, no one's dying or I'm not going through divorce mm-hmm. or something like terribly egregious. Don't tune out because I think this will be a little bit of a spin that you might not see coming necessarily. So it's good grief. It's good grief. <laughs> <laughs> good grief. This is why I keep you around. <laughs> For the, those, little, those little quips. Yeah. yeah. You are on your game, Mr. Sin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But but before we jump into all of that, I... I'm so excited about this giveaway. Oh, yeah, for the 100th episode. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so we didn't know. We're like, what should we do for 100 episodes? And um, we're we're toying with the idea of an in-person conference with the two of us over the summer, but it wasn't concrete, so we didn't want to, you know, use that as the 100th episode. And pr- yeah, you know, because we do just, that quite yet. We didn't want to be like, here's this thing we're doing, and then never mind, you know, like, so... <laughs> If it if it didn't come to fruition, so we thought, how about a good old fashioned fucking giveaway? Good old fashioned giveaway. Why like not have all of our awesome fucking junky pod people listeners enter to win some really dope shit from me? Like, how about that? Do, uh, do you want a drum roll? Yeah, <laughs> I certainly fucking do. Um, so what we're offering to you, pod people, if you text the word junkie, J-U-N-K-I-E, to 66866, you will not only get my free ebook that I'm always talking about, How to Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick, you get that in both 
um, workbook and audiobook format, but you will also be entered to win a prize pack from me. So you're going to get, um, like I have these cute pens that say, I'm a fucking joy junkie. And, you know, like these little <clears throat> necklaces that say grace and kindness. And I've got some uh, donations from uh, a jewelry designer who I just absolutely love. She's donating a pair of earrings and uh, I'm going to give you quote card packs. So this is like this fun little collection of cool. All of, kinds of little fun stuff. Of fun, self-helpy, awesome shit. So if you want to be entered to win that, you have to text Junkie to 66866 by May 15th, which it happens to be my 36th birthday. Mm -hmm. So I figured, perfect. You have from today when this episode drops to the 15th. So I think that's like five days. Five days, yeah. To get in on this drawing. Yay! Nice. To celebrate our hundredth episode, cool. and then we'll I'm definitely to see who gets that. Yeah, and then then uh, next week we will announce it, um, announce the winner. Nice. So yay. Um. Yeah. So text junkie J U N K I E to six six eight six six, and you will be entered to win. Woohoo! So. Woo-hoo. Uh, before we jump into grief and all of that uh, fun stuff, we've got to do a little. Would you rather? Yeah. Here we go. All right. So today's would you rather question is <laughs> really funny. Um, would you rather have a large 10 inch long belly button? Oh, wait for it. That, that's, <laughs> this is the best part of it. That swayed to music. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait! It's like it's like those like animated Santas that when you walk by them, they're like rocking around. Yeah, no, it's, it's more like those things that they have outside on the car lots that like blow up and like flow with the wind. <laughs> That's what your ten-inch belly button would do. It would do that. So yeah. it's clearly an Audi. Yes, and it would sway to the music. Oh my god! Or. Would you uh, rather have accordion, accordions for legs? Like every time you walk to beat. <laughs> but would you have to like walk kind of quickly or else they would all like. <laughs> <laughs> because it would like deflate all the way down. Do you know what I mean? Like if you put too much weight on one leg. Oh, it's yeah, all... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to walk fast so it doesn't lose its. Elasticity. So you'd be like, rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> either one sucks, to be honest. And I mean, they're fun for a minute, but <laughs> come on. Like literally one minute. One. 59 seconds. Yeah, maybe 59 seconds. Yeah. Um, I think, God, I think, I think you could at least like, you know, banana, banana hammock, the belly button. Right, right. right. You could strap it down. Strap it and, down. Like those heart rate monitors that you strap to your chest, like yeah, you could just yeah, like yeah, strap yeah. it up or like ace bandage <laughs> it up. <laughs> but you, what do you do with accordion legs? Like, like there's nothing, up, nothing no, you can do. Nothing you can do. Join a Jewish band. About all you can do. Do <laughs> <laughs> bot mitzvahs. Become a mensch. Oh my god! So, I'm definitely gonna go with the belly button. Yeah, I think I would too. Because I also think you could pull it out at parties. Oh my god, please don't do like that. Like when there's like an awesome beat. Please don't do you're that. You're like, wait for the beat to drop. Wait for the beat to drop. It's like dubstep. A little dubstep with your uh, <laughs> 10 inch belly button. Oh my god, okay. Okay, so how about this? If you send me an email 
and you tell me what you would rather, I will give you two entries. Oh. I will give you two entries into the contest. Into the contest. <laughs> so, yeah, just a little little side note there if you want you want an extra if you want to enter extra. So nice. Um that was a good one, babe. That was a good one, yeah. That's a really good one. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about grief. This is really interesting. I had an amazing conversation via email with one of our listeners um, in regards to grief. Hmm. And, you know, I kind of told her, I'm like, I've, I've thought often about doing a podcast on this because I think it's one of the most overlooked processes that we really, truly, I think, fundamentally are programmed to go through. Hmm. And societally, we just kind of, we overstep it. And I think... Really, where our human resilience comes from is plowing through things that are really challenging. Yeah, um, and feeling what we feel, but we're not we're not programmed to do that. A and B, we reserve grief, like that term grief, mm-hmm. for only for certain things. Right, like we're like serious things. Yeah, like either like a major injury or. Loss um, of death in the family death, or something like that. Or maybe something really egregious like going through a divorce. Um, you might throw in the grief card there. but Losing a job. But for most of us, I think we need to grieve a shit ton more things than we give ourselves credit for. Mm, how so? And my, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But I really think our resiliency as humans, like our ability to get through things, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm is truly a part of actually feeling what we're feeling and actually going through it. And we come out the other side so much faster than if we're trying to dance around dealing with something. Right. So um, I was talking with some colleagues of mine a few weekends back and we were talking about this uh, this institute, and I, I forgive me, but I don't recall what she what she was referring to. But it was this organization that kind of had talked about grief and our relationship to grief, and had a very very different definition of what grief was. Hmm. And it, I was like, yes, that's exactly what that's exactly it. And the essence of it was that our human nature is is one in which we need to process. Anytime there is a change to a habitual pattern. Okay. So whether it's like the depths of despair, grief each time, probably not. But there are so many instances when we have a change to our pattern. We have a change to our daily structure. And a lot of times it's good change, like a new job or you're pregnant and you're all excited. You're going to have this new change. But we overstep processing the loss of an old pattern. Oh, okay. That that we kind of wonder, why am I feeling kind of down? This is a great time. I should be excited for this cross-country move. Or I should be excited for this brand new home. Or I should be excited for this awesome new job. Or this baby. And we forget that we're actually losing another chapter, Mm -hmm. another phase, another pattern that warrants addressing it not necessarily that you're going to be like devastated but that we're actually processing this change in some way that it actually deserves grief it deserves mourning it deserves 
attention or processing, but we, we kind of overstep it going like, why are you feeling down? You should be so excited for this new house or whatever else it is. Yeah. So I'm kind of going through that right now, actually. Talk just, about it. Well, uh, I just found out one of my closest friends is with child. So our relationship is going to change. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of grieving the loss of that relationship a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're not excited for this new chapter. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it just means that the old chapter, that book is closing. Right. You know, yeah. like that's... And so that is the permission that I want you to afford yourself, everybody listening, that if there is a change to your pattern, even if it's something like a change to your custody with your kids, that's a change in your pattern. Mm -hmm. So even if you're like thrilled because you get more time with your kids, you might also have these um, competing emotions that that you don't know why they're happening. And it's because there's a change in your pattern. Got there's it. a change in your process. So, so it, like, address it, look at it. Um, so that was the first thing that I really wanted you to look at is that what warrants grief? Any fucking change in pattern. Right. You know, so give yourself that permission. That can be things like um, a major disappointment, something that's actually sad. Like, for instance, I know anytime I do an audition and I don't get the part that I want or I don't get cast at all, I need to give myself the freedom to be bummed the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's not going to be a habitual way of being. Right. That's that's really the fine line. Is like, I know that... How long do you grieve? Or, yeah. And that's there's no finite answer for that. Exactly. I believe, it's my own personal belief, that if you plow right through it face first, instead of trying to drink your way through it or shop your way through it or fuck your way through it or whatever. Or work, like, you know. Or eat yeah. or work or do fuck. all... <laughs> Some people turn to really, you know, whatever. But we oftentimes will see this gigantic, you know, emotion, emotional boulder in our way when it comes to grief. Mm -hmm. And we will do anything but go straight through it. We yeah. will try to build a road around it or we'll try to, maybe if I build a helicopter, I can fly over this boulder. And we will try all these elaborate ways to not feel our feelings instead of just fucking plowing right through it yeah. and feeling it and I, I think we go, come through it much faster the other thing I think is uh, a lot of people don't even identify it yes right like don't even identify that that's what it is they just feel the emotion or take it out on their friends or you know whatever it comes out in other ways and it's not even a, they're not even aware that that's what it is yeah yeah and what's <clears throat> what's really interesting um that's such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up. I really think if we don't address things like that, they will come out in other ways. Most definitely. So like you said, it could be combativeness mm -hmm. or irritability with people in your life or sure. coworkers. It can also manifest as fucking illness. Yeah. If you Dis-ease. Yeah. Right. Dis-ease. Very true. So you, it, it can come out in tons of different ways. It can come out in your future relationships. We are designed to feel what we feel and we are conditioned not to that's a great point yeah i mean it's so true it's really true right like we have to in many uh, situations relearn how to fucking feel 
especially yeah. men. Men are taught like I think we were even talking about this the other day. You're like I I am battling with that just man up. Right. That just that man up um stigma or message that we receive versus what our humanity really needs to process. Um so so if you are so let's give a couple of different scenarios. For instance, if you are passed up for a job that you really want and even if everything's lining up and it's kind of it's for the better or whatever else, you're allowed to be just fucking disappointed. Yeah. You can bawl or cry or do whatever you need to do to actually feel what you feel. Sometimes it's just isolating for an hour or two or a day and just journaling or feeling what you, it doesn't always have to mean bawling your eyes out. Everybody's different. It might be like going for a really great run or something like that. But I think it's, it is the first item of business, like you said, is awareness, is realizing like, even though I know that this job is going to work out, I am bummed the fuck out that I (laughs) was overlooked. I'm disappointed. So anytime that you're actually disappointed is worth feeling what is worth processing, grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that looks different for everybody. Yeah. L- let me just add that in my field, I see uh, grief come out in the physicality. Yeah. I see tons of emotions come out. Sorrow, grief, anger, frustration, all everything comes out. When, it, when you work on the musculature and work on tissue, muscles have memory. Right. And things get stored there. Yeah. So if, like in this case, if you don't deal with that grief, it gets stored somewhere. That energy energy just doesn't go away. Right. So it gets locked into whatever part of your body. Nice. And when we do body work on them, that those emotions start to come up. Maybe not on the table when they're getting, receiving the, uh, the therapy. Right. But maybe throughout the week when I don't see them. Yep. Right? It starts to manifest. Uh, it comes back up. Right. Because it never got dealt with. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm not, I'm just not an authority on that. I'm not yeah. an authority on how it really, really manifests in your cells. Right. And, and you totally are. And, yeah. And you see that. Yeah. And then what do we do? When people come to you, they want to fix the fucking muscle. Right. Instead of, how about you grieve the loss of that job or that right. marriage or that person? Right. Well, for instance, if uh, they lose a job, they get anxious, uh, they they don't sleep, mm-hmm. that sleep doesn't allow them to mentally process well, then they lose more sleep, they stop eating, they pick up smoking. Yep. You know, it's like yep. this yep. snowball effect. Yeah. So when I get them, then I'm like, oh, well, what about this origin right. of problem way back in the back here? Yeah. Let's deal with that. And then you can start transcending through everything else. Right? And what's, what's interesting, and you heal heal <clears throat> that way. And even doing what I do where people are like, I know I've got some shit I need to work through. They still are resistant to that piece. Absolutely. Because we are conditioned to not do that. That's right. We, in, in fact, I remember, you know, my, my father passed away in 07. And I remember I got three, I think three bereavement days. And I remember thinking, "Mm, yeah, that should just about do it. (laughs) I'll go ahead and be done mourning my father in three days. So even from our workplace standpoint, we're like, here, take fucking six months off for a baby. But if somebody dies, you should probably be over that one in about three days. Right, right. 
So even society <laughs> it's funny how doesn't foster grief. Put that on, you know, put that time frame on it like that. Right. Like and, business as usual three days later. Right. Exactly. So that, you know, um, so anyway, I think what you were talking about, that awareness is really key to first, it, it's anywhere there's discomfort. Yeah. It, you know, if you're angry, if you're frustrated, if you're disappointed, if you're sad, look at that and look at, is there a change in pattern that I just need to give myself some freedom to process and feel what I feel? Yeah. Not necessarily immediately going into planning mode, which is most of us, that's what we do. Yeah. Fastest avenue to not feeling this is to throw ourselves into something else. For sure. Um, the other place to look is exciting changes. I think this is one of the things, like we were talking about earlier, that's the hardest thing for us to be aware of because it sneaks in on us because we're so excited to have a baby or we're so excited mm. for this new house or to move across country. And then we're like, what am, why am I also feeling so sad? And then we blame ourselves and like berate ourselves. Like, why can't you just be excited? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, because there's, it's a duality, right? Because there's we, a process to happen. And we're so multifaceted that there's we don't have just one thing happening. Right. And so there's that duality. So there's the way in which to be grateful and excited for whatever the new chapter is. And at the same time, give yourself the feeling to feel what you feel. Yeah. So that's my <clears throat> second, um, second point that I wanted to make is don't judge your process. Just because you see other people who like, let's, say, let's use the pregnancy thing are fucking beside themselves pumped to be pregnant doesn't mean that everybody is you know so we have societal things like that that go how dare you not be excited to yeah, be pregnant that's true and it's Take like oh my way. god no i'm fucking mourning <laughs> like i am mourning what we what our marriage was without children i'm mourning who the woman i was without motherhood i'm like don't fucking judge your process allow right. yourself to feel what you feel and conversely if everyone you know is telling you how shitty it's going to be and you're over the top excited, like allow yourself to feel that too. Yeah. There's no right way or wrong way to grieve. I guess I should say there's tons of right ways. Right. Um, and there's tons of right ways to process. So don't, don't judge how you tend to process. In fact, I remember um, when I was dealing with my dad's death. Um, so here, here's my philosophy on the resilience and why I came to this. When, when my dad died, um, which is still, I'm still so incredibly grateful for a lot of things surrounding that. that I can't believe that's been seven years. It's, it, is it almost eight? Hey, almost eight, yeah. Um, yeah, this month. This month, whoa. Wow, yeah. yeah. Um, it's still one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. And, you know, I've often said, I'm not sure if I've said this on the pod before, but you know how when people have a baby and they, they talk about it being the most incredible experience, it's right. like nothing you've ever seen before and yeah. witnessed. My philosophy on that is that it is because you are witnessing a soul enter this world. Exactly. And that is fucking intimate. And I think the same is true when you watch a soul leave this world. Um, mm. it's a total polar opposite realm of emotions, right. you know, like you are in, um, despair and grief and Sadness, sorrow loss. Yeah, yeah. Versus euphoria and you know, sublime happiness, right. and the but newness it's, of it. but yeah. it's intimate 
it's just as intimate sure. and soulful and beautiful. So I have a lot of gratefulness around that, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, but I really think, you know, I I remember very clearly feeling like I have a choice, and I've I've always been super into feeling what I feel and allowing myself to feel my emotions, and you know, my parents really fostered that from a very early age. I never shut down and whatever, whatever. So I had decided I'm going to plow right through this. If I am pumping gas and just bawling my eyes out, so be it. If I'm ordering food in a drive-thru and I'm crying, whatever. Like other people might be uncomfortable. I don't care. This is about me healing. Right. I'm not going to be sad or, or uh, apologize rather for processing. Right. I'm going to plow the fuck through this. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to get a therapist. I'm going to talk about it with all my friends and family. And because I know I heal audibly. Like yeah. if I say the same thing over and over again to like four different people, I tend to heal much faster. Yeah. So there was those two components, knowing how I operate and talking the shit out of it. And then also <laughs> not censoring any sort of emotion and catering to what would make other people uncomfortable. I just let myself cry nonstop. Talking to people, just fucking crying. You know, just a mess. <laughs> After and, your three days of bereavement? Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll t- this is when I really developed that theory about human resilience. Um, I, I was in a pretty catastrophic state for a good week where I had a very tough time eating, doing anything. Like, just couldn't sure. process. Um, and then I came out the other side. And for a good eight years, I've had I've had a couple of breakdowns, you know, where, you know, I've really transported back to that day and gotten very emotionally involved. Um, but I have had the most ridiculous amount of peace around it. Nice. Um, and I attribute that to plowing right through, to really going through it. Yeah. And I see people, you know, like even my brothers, and, you know, they dealt with it very, very differently. You know, my one of my brothers completely shut down, and he, yeah. it didn't start really manifesting and, and bothering him for like a good five years. And then he, it is not going to go away. Like right. you have to address it. So right. he had to address it, and it was affecting a lot of other <laughs> things. So... And it'll affect you in a more magnified way if you deal with it later. Right. Which leads me to my... Up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it It's like a bubbling up volcano. It exactly. erupts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that... Which brings me to my third point, which is committing to feeling your way through it. This is the most uncomfortable for most people. Um, yeah. Because they're like, what do you mean I need to cry? What do you mean... What? What? What do you mean I need to feel what I feel? Like we are so much. uh, So first of all, give yourself compassion because human motivation, we are motivated by pursuit of pleasure or avoidance of pain. Those are the two main human drives. So when we are feeling pain, we want it to stop as fast as possible. So know that you're human, you know, and give yourself compassion that grief doesn't feel good. Like we don't want to feel that way. But it is necessary in order to come out the other side faster and healthier. So it's okay if it's not exciting for you, but know that it's necessary. It's the same way like nobody really wants to go for a pap smear. That fucking sucks. (laughs) You know, and we will avoid. Did not enjoy my last one. You sure didn't. No. Wow. (laughs) Um, 
but nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to do taxes. Nobody wants to do, you know, there's certain things that are painful that yeah. we don't want to look at, so we will avoid. This is another huge one. Knowing that you may not want to feel it, you must. You must feel it. And that can look a ton of different ways. What I what I suggest to a lot of people is to do a, um, like a controlled grief experiment because I, I fully recognize that not a lot of people are like, yay, I can't wait to be pumping gas and bawling my eyes out and everybody watching me. Sure. But what if maybe it's not your weekend to have the kids or you ask your your you know, your husband to watch the kids or you go out for a drive and you give yourself, you go to a park and play music that you know is going to make you cry and just ball your eyes out in a safe place. Now you've used cry as, as a way of um, dealing with it, but there's many others. Sure. Like a punch in a punching bag. Right. You know, physicality Getting huge. your physicality out. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if you're going to be talking about that. Or not. No, no, that's a great, that's a great uh, segue actually, because um, my only, my only caveat or warning there would be to, to really process while you're doing that. So if you are using mm. punching bag or exercise, it could be very easy to get caught up in your weights or your reps or how far am I going to go or whatever. Like be sure that your exertion of um, punches or your physical exertion is a purging of emotion. Gotcha. So attach them together if Got you can it. mentally. So basically you would be working out being like, I release with love or whatever, like mentally just go through. Right. Like I'm allowed to feel what I feel and here's how it, you know. I have a mantra that you use for something it. Something that you're releasing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that you're not just blindly doing physical exercise. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, being in nature. Like this is, I'm dealing with it. This but is, you're really not dealing right, with it. Right, you're not dealing with it. Um. And you can Google that and look for alternate ways and, sure. and stuff like that. But it might be another pod. But yeah, it, yeah. And one one of the things that I do stress though is crying is fucking fine. Like that's another huge piece of this societal stigma. Yeah. Men don't cry. You need to you know be strong for your family. You know you, women. Uh, you need to be super women now. Don't. It, it's so stupid. It's like. We have been given that faculty for a fucking reason. Yeah. yeah. Right? And we, we <coughs> feel, like, how many times, I was just talking about this with a girlfriend, um, how many times do we get choked up and we stuff that shit down, we do like, I don't want to cry, I don't want to, why? Why not? So uh, one of my personal commitments is that if I feel emotion and that it manifests as tears, that I do not stop it. That's a method of apologizing. Right. No. I've got some shit coming up. My body's responding. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let I'm going to let myself feel what I feel. I'm not going to try to choke it back and hold it back. That hurts. Right. So, another little place to look. I don't know. Not everybody's ready for that, but um another place to look. Another huge piece. This is number 4. Know that people don't know how to handle it and what to say to you and they're going to say stupid shit. So especially if you're losing, you lost a loved one and it's, or, you know, you had a miscarriage or something like that. People don't know what to say and they're awkward and they think like, you know, this one, this one, uh, listener who I was conversing with via email, she's like, everybody thinks what I need is to go out and socialize. And she's mm. like, I know that's not what I need. Not what I need. Right. I need to hide out. Advice. I need to process. That's about them. Right. 
they don't they want to help they can't help so they are trying to do whatever they can right um the most helpful thing would be to ask you like what do you need from me but people don't do that how do you normally grieve things or you know like right yeah something that's not about you but we're not programmed to be that way so just know that people are going to say assholey things that are all based off of their uncomfortability mm-hmm. which is fine and they're trying the best that they know how um which actually leads me to number five, which is to take care of yourself. Uh, so if you need to, if everybody else thinks you need to get out of the house and you don't, then don't. Um, if you yeah. love getting out of the house and everyone thinks you need to cry more, fucking don't. Do what you want to do. <laughs> don't. <laughs> just, <laughs> just don't. Just don't do that. Um, really look at what you need to heal. Do you need to see a therapist? Oh, this was a point I was going to make earlier. So when I saw my therapist, um, I told her, I'm like, I feel guilty for how healed I feel. Like, I feel like I should be grieving for oh, a lot yeah. longer than this. Mm-hmm. And she was like, why? And I was like, um, I don't know. Some shit I made up in my head. Well, I think a, a part of it is that we we think that if we get over it quickly, that they didn't mean that much to us. Right. Right. right? Or that other people will think that they didn't mean that much to us. Right. But that's not the case. And the reality of it was that, and this is, you know, I've developed a lot of theories on death because of this. I think because I had absolutely no regret with my father. Right. I think that's one of the things that ails people the most in dealing specifically with death is having regrets. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was paramount. I think also knowing... um, Really learning what I learned about resilience, feeling like if you really plow through it, you come through the other side much faster. So I felt like there was a lot of things that were stacked in my favor. Um, But I really did take care of myself. You know, I I really, really did. And I, I suggest that to everybody so this can also translate if you're grieving something minimal um like let's say like let's say you are kind of in a grief place about getting pregnant and you're so excited for the future but you're really bummed out for your single life your non-kid life um say goodbye to that chapter you might actually have to take care of yourself and tell somebody who's like so excited, like they just want to shop for baby stuff and they just, all they want to do is talk about it and you're kind of having a bummed out day. Taking care of yourself might be like, I'm so sorry, I just, I'm in kind of a rough spot today and I I don't think I want to talk baby excitement today, you know, or. You know, on the other side of the coin, it might be just what you need to get out of that phase. And right. that's up to you. That's up to you. But I'm to just decide saying, what like, it looks like mm-hmm. to take care of yourself. Right. Um, that's the awareness of knowing what do I need right now. Right. And and, and I had I had that situation. I don't know if you remember when I didn't get cast in um, a play. Uh, it was catalepsy. It was called catalepsy, and I didn't get cast in the play. And you had to leave and go do something. And I was just eating my dinner, just crying, and I was just processing. And you're like, I feel so bad leaving you right now. And I'm like, Oh no no, I got me. Like, I'm good. I would tell you what I needed if I really needed you to stay and be with me. I'm like, no, no, I'm just processing. I'm just feeling what I feel. <laughs> and I was good. Next day, done. Right. Because that was the expanse that I needed for that particular morning. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be different for every set of circumstances. Yep. Um, and then finally, number six, and this this doesn't, this doesn't isn't always easy to do, um, but to ask yourself, what am I meant to learn? 
what am I meant to learn through this experience? Mm. Um, and I remember sitting in the hospital when my father passed and thinking, this is meant to teach me something. This is meant to teach me something. And it's so easy in those moments to go into the why me and the victimhood. Why him? He was so incredible. Why, why, why? You never get that answer. So it's a futile question. Right. But if I could switch it to what is my learning in this? What am I, what am I meant to, to learn here? And I, it was blaringly obvious to me that I was meant to learn gratitude. You know, I felt like up until that point in my life, I had very little to no hardship. Um, there was tons of situations uh, that could have been far worse with dealing with losing a parent. Sure. Um, you lost your faith there for a bit, though. I did. I went yeah. through a place where, because it was big, it was during like when the secret was getting really big and it was all about law of attraction and what you can manifest. And I was like, this is bullshit. And I really, <laughs> I lost that for a little bit. Um, and I'm still changing, you know. It changed your views. It on changed my views on spirit around what mm-hmm. we can control, what we can't control, all of that stuff. Um, and this might not be something you can ask when you're right in the middle of dealing with actual death. Right. That that's way harder when it's something that's really, really egregious, like um, separation, divorce, um, miscarriage, uh, death. Something like, or or an, even like an extreme firing, you know, an egregious firing from a uh, your job, you might not be able to ask what's my learning right at the beginning. Usually, that's a little bit farther through the processing. Right. However, if it's something like you didn't get a, a role that you wanted, you know, like you auditioned or you got passed over for a promotion that you didn't want, or you know, or something that maybe isn't as heavy heavy right that grief is usually attached to you might be able to ask yourself what's what's my learning here yeah um why was i meant to go through this there's got to be a reason for it Mm -hmm. because you will find it our subconscious will find it if you ask that question instead of why me sure so um so there's just a couple of handfuls uh, a little couple of points there for you guys to check out around grief and really i i think for me i think a lot of us know that we're supposed to grieve when it's death, but when it's just like a job change or even custody change or any, like, hello, you're allowed to feel what you feel. Give yourself room to do that. Right. <clears throat> Anything else you wanted to add? No, I thought, that's awesome. Awesome topic. Oh, here's another little thing too, is you can grieve realizations too. Um, like you could have gone your whole life, like let's say you're, you're estranged from your father and uh, something comes up and it triggers you to realize your relationship with your father is non-existent, let's say. Okay. You could have a realization overnight, like, he will never be who I thought he was. I will never have a father. Right. And you could decide right then to feel that and purge it and move past. So realizations can happen that warrant grief. Right. So. That's, yeah. That's good. A little side note. Side note. A little, little P.S. Note. <sighs> All right, guys. So, <laughs> Deep yeah, side. I feel like I need to just shake, <clears throat> shake that off a little bit. It's heavy. It's a heavy topic. It's a heavy topic. topic for sure. But mm-hmm. um, so, thank you guys so much for listening to the hundredth episode yeah. of the Joy Junkie Show podcast. Exactly. Don't 
forget to enter to win your awesome prize pack. Text the word junkie to 66866 and jump on the mailing list. You get you'll get free shit anyway. Um, That's true. Even if you don't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everybody is a winner. I want to just give you a kudos though, because for your hundredth episode, you could have like done something light and cheery, but you handled a serious topic. So uh, I think people will appreciate that, that you didn't like, you didn't take the easy road. Thanks, babe. So good topic. Thanks, baby doll. I'm going to drink that in. (laughs) Appreciate that. You you drinking what I'm serving? I am. I am. (laughs) On the rocks, baby. All right, guys. So we will talk to you next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith out. Out.